Let's get into the Word together. Uh, we're in a series called Honor, and we started talking about what does it really mean to honor, and then we started talking about the importance of honor. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it talks about there's one commandment that has a promise attached to it. And that's in the Ten Commandments. And that promise is attached to honoring your mother and your father. And when you do that, the promise is you live long in a full life. So again, honor has promises attached to it. Over and over and over again, we see God's favor resting upon those who operate honorably. So again, we've just been talking about what does it look like to show honor? What is the definition of honor? We talked about this last week. It simply means to value something, to respect something, to, to highly esteem something, to add weight to something, to make it weighty. That, that's really what honor means. And so therefore, the definition of dishonor is to take something lightly. To treat something as common or ordinary. And we know that in the society that we live in today, dishonor is very prevalent. So how do we bring honor back in? How do we bring honor back into the culture, back into society, back into our schools, our homes, our jobs? It starts with us showing honor right here. It starts in the church. We have to be able to define what honor is here. And when we live an honorable life, it, it, it flows out from here into society. And so with that, I want to talk about a subject today that I think is going to be really, really fun. And we're going to be talking about honoring your spouse today. Honoring your spouse. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for these moments. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to share your word, to share love with one another. And God, we just pray that for these next few moments, open our hearts and help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You know, I heard a story some time ago. There was a man who was walking along a California beach and he was really in a deep sense of prayer. And he said, Lord, I wish that you would grant me one request. And it was in that moment that those sunny skies turned dark. And there was this booming voice of God that come down. And the Lord said, son, because you've been faithful to me in all your ways, I'm going to grant you one request. So the man said, God, I tell you what, here's what I would like. Can you build a bridge from here to Hawaii, so I can drive over anytime I want to. The Lord said, well, my child, your request is very materialistic. I mean, think of the enormous challenges for an undertaking of that size. Think of the supports that would be required to reach the bottom of the Pacific, the concrete, the steel. It would take over thousands and thousands of miles. I mean, son, I can do it, but it's hard for me to justify your desire for worldly things. I tell you what, think a little bit longer, take more time, and bring a request, one that you think would honor me. The man thought for a little while longer. He said, well, God, I tell you what, I wish I could understand my wife. I want to know how she feels on the inside. I want to know what she's thinking when she gives me the silent treatment. I want to know why she cries all the time. Lord, I want to know what she means when I ask her what's wrong and she says, oh, nothing. Lord, I guess what I really want to know is how can I make a woman truly happy? 
God spoke and said about that highway, you want it two lanes or four? (laughs) Come on, somebody. Yes. So today I want to get real practical with you guys, and I want to give you six ways on how you can honor your spouse. Six ways on how to do that. So if you're taking notes, write these down. If you are single, you need to be taking like nuclear notes right now. Six ways. Are you ready? Let's go. Here's the first one. How do I honor my spouse? It revolves around communication. Communication. If you want honor to be a part of your marriage, you've got to talk to one another. And you say, well, pastor, that's kind of obvious. We do talk to one another. But yet, studies would show you that the average couple spends four minutes a day in meaningful conversation. Four minutes a day. We spend over six hours a day sitting in front of a TV screen. Then you've got social media. Then you've got kids and sports and work and jobs and all of this stuff going on. So the average couple spends about four minutes a day in meaningful conversation. And you say, well, man, I, I, I don't really understand all of that. But here's the thing. When it comes to having meaningful conversation, it takes time. It takes understanding. Because how many of you have ever noticed that men and women communicate entirely different? Have you ever noticed that? There's, there's really three different ways that we communicate. And so let's look at them real quick. We communicate differently in how we talk. We communicate differently in how we talk. You understand that men and women talk totally different. We have two totally different languages. And it's interesting because some time ago they did this survey and they took a group of young men and put them in a room with with blocks and toys and trucks. They took a group of young women and put them in a room with all kinds of girly stuff. And after a short amount of time, they noticed that all of the girls were talking to one another. They were organizing the room. They were coming up with games. After a long period of time, all the boys were in each corner of the room and they were building blocks and playing with cars. So you understand, men and women talk totally different. So it's how we talk, how much we talk. The average woman speaks about 30,000 words a day. The average man speaks 15,000 words a day. And there's nothing that can bring dishonor to a home than when the evening comes and a wife has used about half of her quota for today. The man has used all of his words for the day. And the wife is like, tell me how your day was. How did things go? What did you do? What did you accomplish? How is everything going? And the man's just sitting over there. Oh, eh, nothing. Uh, And the woman is frustrated because she's still got 15,000 more words to speak. And the man is over here talking about, I've already used all my words today. I have no more. So you got to, come on guys, you got you to gotta stretch those words out. So again, we differ in how we talk. We differ in how much we talk. But then there's a third way that really doesn't even involve talking. It's simply caring about what your spouse is saying. Caring about what your spouse is saying. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2 and 4. And here's what he said. He said, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and purpose. And then watch this. Watch this next verse. It says, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Come on, how many of you know that's a deep statement right there? The only way you look at the interest of someone else is when you listen to them. Don't be like the man who said last night, my wife and I had words. Unfortunately, I didn't get to say any of mine. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know that's not communication? And listen, when, when, when you're listening to that other person, you're not thinking about the comeback that you're going to give them when they stop talking. Communication is where you talk and you listen. There's a dialogue happening there. And I mean, you know, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easily. But if you want to bring honor into your home, it involves communication. Here's the second thing you've got to have if you want honor in your home. Consideration. Consideration. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Sometimes the best way you can show honor to one another is to be humble and gentle and patient with one another. So again, when you look at men and women, not only do they differ in the way they talk, but how many of you know we think differently? Come on, anybody ever realize that men and women think totally different? So I'm going to ask Misty to come up here real quick. I'm going to ask her to help me out to demonstrate to you the difference between how a woman thinks and how a man thinks. There's a gentleman by the name of Mark Younger, and he talks about this in terms of boxes and wires. So when it comes to men, face that way, please. When it comes to men, we think in terms of boxes. Come on, all the men folks in the house said... Amen. We think in terms of boxes. So we've got a work box. We've got a family box. We've got a hobby box, a hunting box, a fishing box. We've got, uh, you know, just a kind of a, a sitting around the house box, a chores box. We've got all these boxes. And here's what you got to understand about our boxes. They can't touch one another. Okay. Are, are you with me? So when I'm in my box, that's the box I'm in. I don't need other boxes touching my box. Women, on the other hand, are entirely different. Women are like a big ball of wires, and they all touch one another, and they're all emotion-driven. So the woman is sitting there like... And, it, and it's, she's always thinking. She's always, you know, the job touches the finances. The finances touches the kids. The kids touches the sports and this. And everything's touching everything. And I'm over here in my one box. And I don't want you touching what I'm in. We're different. But here's what you have to understand, ladies, about a man. A man has one great big box. And it is called the nothing box. Come on, are you with me today? It's the nothing box. There's, there's nothing in that box. There's nothing I want to do with that box. That's why a man can sit in a recliner for hours and just click, oh, click, click. And it drives the women crazy. 
And Misty's looking at me and she's like, are you watching anything? And I'm like, no. Are you thinking about anything? No. Are you going to do anything? No. Why? Because I'm in my nothing box. And it's interesting because women want to come in to our nothing box. But we don't want you in our nothing box. Because when you come in our nothing box, you want to decorate. And you want to put this in there and that in there. It's my nothing box. Amen. Come on, give her a hand. Thank you so much. You've got to understand that men's brains and women's brains work totally different. And you've got to be patient with one another. You've got to be willing to pray and say, Lord, help me understand why my wife is, is, is so emotional driven. God, help me understand why my man just sits in front of a TV and watches football. It's a nothing box. Amen. So you've got to pray about that. James chapter 3 verse 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving. Here's the word, considerate. Considerate. Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So again, if you want honor, it involves communication. It involves consideration. And then here's the third one. It's got to have some compromise. You got to have some compromise in there. Let's go back to Genesis with Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 2 verse 22. It said, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Can you imagine the dialogue that God and Adam were having about this? Think about this. Adam has been naming all of the animals. He's worn out. And God comes to him and says, Adam, man, I've been noticing that you're kind of by yourself. You're lonely. I want to give you a helpmate. And listen, Adam, the person I'm going to give you, man, she's going to cook for you. She's going to clean for you. She's going to take care of all your laundry. She's going to do everything. She's never going to have a headache. It's going to be amazing. And Adam's like, Lord, that is great. What's that going to cost me? And God said, well, man, that's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Adam said, what do I get for a rib? But anyway, how many of you know that's not true? Don't be mad with me. That's not true. That's not true. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Verse 24, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and will be united to his wife. And they will become what? One flesh. They become one flesh. Now, here's the problem. Even though we're one flesh, we both individually have our own opinions. So even the best couples, the couples that understand communication, the couples that understand consideration, they're still going to have different opinions. And sometimes they feel very strongly about their opinions. So when I say compromise, I'm not talking about you looking at your spouse saying, you won last time, I'm going to win this time. I mean, you know, competition can kill a marriage. Marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. It's, it's going all in. And if you give everything, then neither of the spouses have anything to take. So there's got to be some compromise. I thought about Misty and I and and some of the moments that we've had to compromise. We've had to compromise in parenting. 
I mean, there, there have been times where I have dishonored Misty because I'll go to the boys and I'm like, boys, y'all better be quiet. You know how your mama is. Come on. I mean, you know, that's, that's very dishonoring to her. And there's been times where she's dishonored me and she's looked and said, now, boys, you know, your daddy's going to get you when you get home. And so it's like, I'm the, I'm the bad guy. And so again, there's, there's some dishonor there. And so there's got to be compromise when it comes to money. How I many of you guys are the spenders in the house? Where's all my spenders at? Wave at me. Come on, life is a party. Let's just spend it all. Let's go. So you got the spenders. What about the savers? Any savers in the house? You know, so you got spenders, you got savers, and there's got to be compromise there. But then how are you going to spend your day off? Are you going to spend all your time shopping? Are you going to spend all your time hunting and fishing and doing your thing? No, there's got to be compromise there. I'm convinced that many marriages today end because of inflexibility. It's one person saying, I want what I want when I want it. And I'm going to stubbornly hold on to it until I get it. And so we want our way so badly sometimes that honor gets thrown out of the window. So again, there's got to be some compromise there. There's got to be communication. There's got to be consideration. Got to be compromise. Here's the fourth thing. Courtship. Courtship. I am convinced if there was more courting in marriage, there would be fewer marriages in court. Come on, that's a hashtag tweetable, textable moment right there. If there was more courting in marriages, there'd be fewer marriages in court. The problem is we stopped doing what we were doing before we got married. Before you got married, man, you dated that girl. You, you wooed her. You went after her. And man, you were dating that guy and you just, you were having fun. Everything was great. And then you get married and it's like, okay, now we just got to become old fuddy-duddies now. We're not going to do anything. And so that's a big problem there. That's a big problem. You know, I've told you before that I've always heard it said dating brings out the best of you, but marriage brings out the rest of you. Come on. Someone said one time marriage is a three ring circus. There's the engagement ring. There's the wedding ring. And there's the suffering. Amen. <laughs> so how do you keep that from happening? You've got to keep courting each other. You've got to keep dating each other. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9 is a great verse. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Come on, I put you a hashtag on your notes today. Hashtag date your mate. Date your mate. Go out once in a while. Have a good time. Well, pastor, I don't know. With COVID, and man, make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and go to the park and sit down and eat it. Have a great time. Go on vacation. Enjoy one another. You've got to do that. Find something that both of you like to do. Find a sport. And you're like, well, I, I don't, you know, athletics is not my thing. Do you know what the oldest sport in the Bible is? It's found in Genesis chapter 26, verse 8. Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. The word sporting there, it, it means caressing. They were having a good time with one another, holding hands. Come on. When is the last time you held each other's hand? I'm telling you, the quieter you are, the longer this thing's going to go. 
I will add points that are not even on your notes. Amen? When's the last time you held each other's hand? And, and man, you know, Missy and I will hug each other in the house sometimes. And the kids will say, ooh, that's gross, but I don't care. Amen? Because look, Junior, you're going to leave one day. Amen? I need mama. So, find a sport you both like, man. Date each other. Court each other. Communication, consideration, compromise, courtship. Here's the fifth one. If you want to bring honor into your home, honor your spouse, you got to be willing to honor the covenant that's between you two. Malachi 2, 13 and 14 You flood the Lord's altars with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. And you ask, why is that? Well, it's because the Lord is acting as he as the witness between you and the wife of your youth because you have broken faith with her. Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. You've broken that thing off. And unfortunately, A lot of times we treat marriage like a contract and not a covenant. You know what the difference is, don't you? The contract is somebody saying, okay, as long as you uphold your end of the bargain, as long as you do this and you do that, then I'm all in. But as soon as you do something I don't like, then that gives me an out. No, that's a contract. A covenant says we end this thing for life. I've told Misty before, I said, girl, you get mad and walk out. I'm walking out behind you, baby. Amen. It's just the way it is. So you've got to honor the covenant. You've got to be committed to one another. And no matter how mad you get, no matter how, how much you may hate that person at the moment, don't ever bring in the word divorce. Decide now that's not going to be a word we're going to use. That's not going to be an option. You've got to be committed. And what is Committed. It simply means that I'm willing to be unhappy for a little while until we can work things out. We're going to work this thing out because I love you and you love me. And I know you got your opinion and I got my opinion, but, but we're going to work this thing out. And you understand I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you need to stay in an abusive relationship or anything like that. So you get that. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that you got to be committed because, again... A lot of people say, well, we're just incompatible. We, we don't have anything in common anymore. But don't call it incompatibility. I mean, call it what it is. I want what I want when I want it. But marriage is basically what you make it. And so every marriage person is going to find themselves in a hot moment, emotion screaming, and I'm out of here. But listen, the grass is not greener on the other side. Amen. Make that home work. So again, you've got to have honor, and that's communication, that's consideration, that's compromise, that's courtship, and that's also covenant. But here's the last thing. If you want to honor your spouse, honor your home, then you've got to have Christ at the center. You've got to have Christ at the center. Misty, come up here real quick. Let's do something else. Bring all your wires with you. There's, there's something called a triangle in marriage. And uh, it's, it's the triangle effect. And if you want to be drawn closer to God and closer to one another, you've got to have the triangle. Unfortunately, for a lot of marriages, we want to do our own thing. So I'm going my way and she's going her way. 
But notice what happens when you do that. Let's just say this podium represents Jesus Christ. I'm getting further away from her and I'm getting further away from God. So let's turn. As long as both of us are fixed on Jesus, he is at the center of our life, the center of our home. Watch what happens. We're focused on him. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking, and we're here. Did you see what just happened? When you're focused on Christ and you put him at the center of your home, you draw closer together and you draw closer to God. As long as you're doing your own thing and going your own way and, and you know, I got my own opinion and da-da-da, you, you're going to get further away from God and further away from each other. But if you could just stay focused on Christ, keep him at the center, like pray all the time. There's a reason why the scripture says pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. You've got to pray. You've got to focus on him. And when you do that, we come together and we come closer to God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates his love for us in this way. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The marriage covenant is a three-way agreement. It's Misty and I coming together, allowing Christ to be the head of our home, allowing Christ to be the head of our lives. And when we do that, I'm not saying that everything's great. Come on. I'm not. You know, a few weeks ago, Misty had COVID. Caleb had COVID. And Samantha, wherever she's at, she had COVID as well. And, you know, we, the boys, we, we you know, me and Aiden and, and Lane, we were, we were negative. We got tested a couple of different times. And Misty stayed in the bed for three days. And, and I'm like, I, just, I can't take it. Come on. Let's just be real where we are. I mean, I'm like, dude, I, I can't take it. I mean, I'm doing like frozen pizzas. I'm, 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 I'm doing the laundry. I'm folding. I'm cleaning. I'm doing floors. I'm doing dishes. And I'm like, dude, I'm out of here. Amen. I can't take it. Come on, has anybody been in quarantine with your folks and you feel like I've had enough? Come on, just be honest. Amen. Thank you for being real today. Just had enough. And I'm like, Lord, if you please don't heal this woman. We ain't going to make it, Lord. We ain't. But it's, it's, it's in sickness and health. Amen. And so it's in those moments you have to stay focused on Christ. You have to stay focused on Him. You have to go after Him. You have to live for Him. You have to put Him at the center of everything you do. Because, man, life is hard. And how many of you know life will throw you some curveballs? It'll throw you some stuff you didn't even realize was going to happen. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's on your front doorstep. But we want to bring honor. We want to bring honor back. And how do we do that? Well, you know, man, we've got to talk. We've got to communicate with one another. We've got to be considerate of one another. We've got to be willing to compromise. We've, we've got to be willing to court or, or date. Come on, I'm just trying to get all the C's together. That's why I didn't say date. But we've got to be willing to court, you know. Date your spouse. You've, you've got to be willing to stay committed to the covenant. This is not a contract. This is a covenant. And you got to have Christ at the center of your home. 
And again, you just have to, you have to keep this constantly before you all of the time. Because I told you guys, if we want to see society change, if we want to see the world we live in change, it has to start right here in the church. This is where it starts. It starts here and it flows out to the world. Amen. Stand with me all over the house. Father, thank you for moments like this. Thank you for watching over us and helping us and being with us. God, thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us, but lifting us up and keeping us, keeping us sane, keeping us strong, keeping us grounded. And Father, I know that in life, relationships are very hard. But we've got to keep honor at the, fur, at the forefront of our lives. We've got to be willing to live a life of honor. We've got to be willing to, to, to look at something and respect it, add weight to it, esteem it as high. God, we've got to be willing to do that. And so, Father, I pray right now for every individual in the house, every person listening by podcast, speak into our hearts. Help us to know, Lord, that right now we are the change agents in this world. We're the ones that bring about change. We're the ones that can bring about a revival in the land that we live in. We're the ones that can do it. And so, God, right now we just surrender our lives to you. We surrender our hearts to you. God, we give you everything we've got in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Now, listen, we did this last week. We're going to continue to do this for the next couple weeks. We're giving out challenge coins. And these are really big for military personnel, really big in the fire department. Well, we wanted to just extend that. We're extending that. And so last week we said, hey, man, if you're... If you're in the medical field, if you're in the education field, uh, if you're police, fire, EMS, whatever, grab you a challenge coin. Well, today, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to grab one and give it to somebody else. If you didn't get one last week, man, we've got plenty. Grab you one for yourself. And then I want you to take and give one of these to someone else. Give it to a friend. Give it to a co-worker. Give it to someone that you know. Uh, maybe they're serving in the military. Whatever the case, give it to someone and say, you know what, I just want to let you know I was thinking about you. And hey, I appreciate you. And this is what I want to do to honor you. So there's plenty of them. I, I know for, for some of our, our spouses in here, their, their spouse is, is on deployment right now. And so I want you to grab one for your spouse. I want you to grab it up for them and, and, and hold it for them, but then grab another one and give it to someone else. Maybe, maybe you know of some other spouses that, that, that are in the same situation you are. Grab some of those coins and give it to them. And say, hey, I honor you. I appreciate you for your service. I was doing a funeral yesterday, and, and in that funeral, I met a young lady. Her husband has been on deployment now for a year. And he's coming home in February. And I could just sense that, that, that there was something there. And I said, hey, how, you know, how are you, how are you doing? 
And she said, Pastor, she said, I got to be honest. She said, this is the loneliest time I've had. And I said, man, we're praying for you. We're in your corner. We want to help you. We want to support you. And so, guys, I mean, think about it for Thanksgiving, for Christmas or whatever. These, these men and women in uniform that are serving our country, that are fighting for our freedom. Come on, somebody. They're fighting for our freedom. And yet there's, there's loved ones that are being left behind that are having to continue on. This is, a, this is a huge thing for them to carry. And so we need to love on them. We need to support them. We need to pick up the phone and call them. It's going to require some of you to get out of your comfort zone and talk to somebody. Amen. Don't just walk out the parking lot and leave and, well, bless y'all. No, get to know the people in here because, uh, man, we're, we, we want to do life together. And we can help one another. You know, I want you guys to pray for me. Misty has to have surgery first thing tomorrow morning. And so she and I will be at the hospital. It's supposed to be an outpatient procedure. But, uh, but she's going to be down for Thanksgiving. So you know who's doing the cooking? Think it'll be me. Come on, ain't me. It's my mama. Amen in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's just get real. Let's be where we are. Amen. It ain't going to be me. I already did my cooking during quarantine. Come on, frozen pizza is not going to happen during Thanksgiving. So just pray for, uh, pray for my baby girl tomorrow. We have to be at the hospital at 9 o'clock. And uh, pray that that procedure will go well. And uh, again, outpatient. And um, pray for a speedy recovery. So guys, I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. Man, from the bottom of my heart, um, you mean the world to me. Because here's the thing, guys. If you don't show up, there's no reason for me to show up. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. And man, if you're not involved in any way in the church, we want to get you involved. We want to get you a part of a team. And I know it's a little bit different right now with COVID. But you know what? We still want to get you plugged in. We want to get you to be a part of the team. So I know usually we dismiss out these two doors. We're going to do that today. However... If I want you to sign up to give some blood. Now, if you got COVID or something, don't go out there signing up. I want no tainted blood. But anyway, if you, we want you to sign up and give blood. So if you want to just walk through those double doors when we dismiss everyone and see Miss Sarah, she's out there, and uh, go ahead and get your name on the docket to give some blood, that would be awesome. Again, we don't take up an offering in person, but as you leave today, there on these two high-top tables, there's some offering baskets there on your way out. If you have not given online, drop something in those baskets. And again, we appreciate you. We're able to minister to our community because of you. Guys, we love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for moments like this. Thank you for allowing us to be in the house today. Thank you, God, for allowing us to open up your word and having that word to speak into our heart and speak into our lives. God, help us have a great Thanksgiving this week. Help us to just spend time with loved ones and and just simply be thankful that, God, you're with us and you love us and you care for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody in the house said amen. Love you.